This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actors, we've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm your host, Juaniala, and this is Actors with Issues. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome to another episode of Actors with Issues, where we talk shop with guests from TV, film, and Broadway. I'm your host, Juan Yala, and joining us from New York City, please welcome an actor of stage and screen. You've seen in campaigns for major brands like Starbucks, Muscle Milk, and Madochan. Please welcome to the stage, Bibin Shrestha. Bibin, thank you so much for being here. Welcome, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. I feel like this was a long time coming. <laughs> We've been talking about this for such a long for time. Real? I was like, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's always a pleasure with you too. Whenever we talk, thank you, thank you. Uh, so I'm curious. Uh, I don't. I feel like I don't really know your origin stories in terms of acting. When did you first get bitten by that acting bug and sort of make that decision of like this is what I want to do for a living? It didn't happen for me until college. Um, I used to play basketball throughout high school and college. And after my season was over, I just didn't know what to do with my life, and that kind of hit me that I need to figure out sooner than later. Cause mm. at the time I was already in my mid twenties and I just didn't have any type of sort of direction. Yeah. And I felt, I've always felt like the black wolf of the family where my sister already had a plan. So at that time, I also wanted to work on my public speaking and speech. So I changed my majors or took uh, speech classes, business classes, but it just didn't sit well with me. and. At the time, I was uh, sort of talking to this girl who was in part of the theater program. Mm. And learning about the theater program, I kind of said, why not take a class, see what happens? But knowing myself, I just went all in and took a class. And next thing you know, I'm auditioning for a play, which I got I got the part. It was a small part, which mm. I you know absolutely was grateful for. But that experience itself taught me that I can do this. You know, being from Nepal, this was something that seemed very impossible. But at the time, uh, my teacher, my director, he he saw something in me. He believed in me to the point where, you know, a month, less than a month into the show, a lot of people got fired during a college production. Really? And that kind of boosted my role within that play. And it was a musical and I was scared. Yeah. I didn't know if I could do a solo singing. I'm not a singer. I've never been trained. And I think that exactly when I saw the opportunity to challenge myself mm. and work ethic is something I'm big on as ever since I was an athlete. So that carried over. And my teacher believed in me to the point where I got one of the lead roles at the end. And after that, it was just... I didn't want to stop. So that's that's when it really hit me. And I finished my college degree for my mom. And then I got my bachelor's in theater as well. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like we have so many parallels. Like my sister has her degree in public health and she's always had it sort of figured out. And, and what, even what you just said, he said, I got, I finished my degree for my mom and I'm like, I kind of did it for my parents. <laughs> I didn't really want to finish because um, it took me a, a while to finish. Mind you, it was like during, you know, I was going to finish and then COVID happened. And um, I think it was literally just paperwork that I needed to finish to like, or they waived another requirement. And then my professor had reached out to me. He's like, Hey, the program's not doing well. So can you please just fill out this form and you will like officially finish and graduate to, you know, boost their numbers. So I, I did and eventually finished and I was like, okay, mom, dad, happy. There's your piece of paper that says I finished. <laughs> can I go right. back to work now? <laughs> that's exactly for, for my mom too. You know, yeah. uh, being an immigrant, she, that's, that's her hope that her kids do better. And for me, seeing her work hard for the, her kids, it was it was uh, this passion I had within myself that, okay, this is a goal that I can achieve. And theater was that for me uh, where I hated math. I hated school period. And with theater program, you only needed one math class. And that's when I was sold on that, yeah. that I could do this. And all right, I'm pretty good at it. The fact that I'm getting A plus in my classes, that said something at the time and yeah. said, you know what? this is it i'm rolling with it whether mom or my sister likes it or not because at, at the time i felt that they thought it was a phase that i was going through you know theater mm -hmm. what is this he's figuring it out he might be too late on things but i was like hey it's, this is my time yeah and it's funny because you know we hold uh, so many of these actors to such a great esteem now they're considered legends but you look back like when was their first film when they were 30 they broke right. out their first their first big tv role and they were like 40. it's like it happens to so many people so few actors you know become those iconic not like not everyone's a leonardo dicaprio who's like you know oscar nominated as a teenager in his 20s it's like that's you know one in a thousand actors end up with that sort of trajectory but the rest it's like they just got to put in the work and i feel like those of us who know that can stick it out and we just kind of keep you know fight the good fight and just keep going and 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 you know i feel like we just know that once you have that mindset of like yeah this is a this is a marathon not a sprint right. then you're yeah. like okay yeah we're good we're okay yeah, it was a slow year there's gonna be a lot of those you know for sure and we all have our own journey and process to kind of you know our foundation is very different some of my friends who started when they were a lot younger and I'm in my mid twenties and I know people who are just starting out in their mid thirties. So right. it's, it's different for everybody. And I realized that my time, everything happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm a big believer on that. And I guess, you know, part of me did want it to start earlier on now that I'm in, you know, in the industry and whatnot, like, I wish I could have started earlier so I could be better. But then I, I said to myself, you know, with the experience that I lived in my life, those experiences taught me more than in any acting classes could ever. Yeah. And I think acting classes are great when you find that teacher that works well with you or, you know, the, even the agents managers, if you, it could be a very high profile um, agents, agencies, but if they don't match, if you don't match well with them, it doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't work out well. And that was my kind of a thing when I was in New York that I was so in rush to get with an agency or a manager that whoever kind of was open to repping me, I was like, hey, come on, let's let's do it. Right. And that turned real 
sour really quick. And it, it just comes with being inexperienced because college teach you, they don't teach you very well, like, or a yeah. lot about the business aspect of things. So yeah. once I started to take control of my life where I said, I am going to move to Los Angeles, which was something I've never done moving to a different state for a career. So it's, it's a risk I took. And then I just said, you know, I parted ways with my manager. I said, you know, it's not working out because the vision does not, did not match. Yeah. Like uh, the, the way we thought about where my career was headed, it was just, wasn't a good energy with that. There wasn't a good flow with that. And once I started taking classes, that's when I realized my own power, like who I am as a human being and what I could offer to the, the projects I'm a part of or the people I surround myself with because they are an extension of who I am and they are representing me, you right. know? And that kind of taught, the whole experience taught me to be myself no matter who's across, sitting across from me. And I think bringing that energy, people realize that I don't necessarily need anybody mm-hmm. regardless of who is in the room. And uh, what I mean by that is when I first started trying to get my reels together, I was thought like, man, I need this person to help me build my reel up or my resume up. But then I realized that a few years later, I'm like, although we didn't work together, but I'm fine with where I'm at. I'm totally content. I'm still learning, but it's just a matter of the right tribe will come to you. You know, you also mentioned um, like building that, uh, building your tribe or, you know, building that group of people to, to come around you and that partnership, I feel is something that uh, actors think, young actors at least think like, I need an agent. It's like, mm, agents need you too. They need clients to right. generate revenue. This is a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, um, I love when folks sort of talk about show business as a business, like you're the CEO of your acting brand. And when you right. have an agent or manager, it's like you just brought in a CFO or a COO mm-hmm. or a vice president of whatever. It's like you're just expanding your brand, your business. Um, I feel like that's really important and not talked about that much. I feel like folks are just like, and it's good advice, obviously, when they're like, follow your dreams, work hard. It's like, yes, but be smart, <laughs> work smarter, not harder. You know, yeah. there, there's so much uh, to unpack there. Absolutely. And that comes with, uh, you know, what I said earlier, that you have to know who you are. Obviously, you use yourself all the time as an actor when you're working on a project, when you're creating something. Um, but, you know, outside of acting, who are you? Mm-hmm. And I think that was the major question for myself that I'm always asking, like, who am I outside of this industry? Um, so that took living my life a little bit more. Yeah. not just staying in classes. And I think that helped me understand my own needs with what I want to do uh, as far as uh, the type of projects I want to work on and what's important to me. And recently, you know, something, I don't know what happened, but the fact that maybe it's the pandemic, maybe it was it's a strike and, or being away from the family. And I realized how important family is and also how important that you have to find something outside of acting that is important to you, whether it is a cause, a good cause that you can, you know, spend time on or giving or helping another person or just spending time doing what you love outside of acting. There has to be, you can't be, uh, one of the biggest lessons I learned 
being an, an athlete is that you can't obsess over acting because it's just a, a such a negative energy that comes with that be passionate about it but also know that you know it's okay to be rejected you got to get used to it fast and that's something you got to be comfortable with and you know the more you go on with it the easier it becomes but it's always going to be there with so much information out there what comes to mind is like a misconception you had going into the acting business that you have since realized was something completely untrue or like oh that was a complete lie like that's not something that actually happens even though everyone swears that it does right i think with uh covid with the pandemic like you mentioned a lot of people are kind of advertising what they could do for you right, right. where if you, it's the whole idea of uh, pay to play and it still happens and unfortunately younger actors or green actors they get you know they see something and they get excited about it without doing any sort of research and one thing i learned uh, the pandemic the pandemic was surprisingly the best thing that happened to myself and my career mm -hmm. um, because i was able to connect to, to the people from the west coast all over the world right. and that happened through zoom and, you know, we met through Zoom during right. that time and we used to read plays all the time. So I think it just matter. Uh, it's you got to take the risk to put yourself out there. That's one thing. But you also want to do your research as to who you're dealing with. Uh, no matter who I meet, I always search them up, look anything up, whatever I can use or learn about them beforehand. I, I think it's always great. And with covid um the whole self tape world has opened up and opened up so many doors you know 95% of the time it's self tape and the fact that i didn't need a reel to um get my representation i did it through self tape which i didn't have to i paid 0 dollars for so taking a class take a self tape class or you know uh, learn from somebody, a teacher or mentor. That's so important in this industry too, for them to kind of guide you. And yes, the blueprint, it does not work for everybody, right? right? Like it's so, it, it, that's how it works. And I think one of the best ways to put it is that just utilize what's in right now, which is self-tapes. If you have good three good self-tapes with your range, whatever you want to do, certain targets you want to hit, um your easiest or closest access to the industry you know those type of roles you could put that on a self-tape and i guarantee yeah. they look at it the same way how casting directors look at an audition yeah. so that's the best way to put it is that you don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on pr production company to build your reel yeah. or you don't need to you know pay certain i don't know what's out there now <laughs> so uh you don't need to pay that's what i'm saying like save your money do your research yeah and instead pay use your money to invest in yourself meaning take a class i think classes helps when you find that good teacher you learn from and you meet that community of actors who are working and you see what they do and how they do things differently because uh, i think that's what kind of that's how my mind kind of changed in that direction of like, okay, so many people are doing this. I'm going to try this and see what happens. I had a general years ago um, uh, with a network and they had told me they, I had like one 
really good clip from uh, an actual booking and then mm. a few other shorter clips from some of those um self-tape services but i was someone's scene partner so i hadn't necessarily paid for them you right. basically get paid with footage which is how, it's, it's very smart of them because uh, <laughs> they get good people and then you get something in return um and you know i remember the casting they're like the vp of casting for this network and they had told me they're like yeah that one clip you have is really good but like you don't need all the other little ones like they're like less is more quality over quantity you know you can have like one really good clip from something you booked and then just do a scene from a self-tape and that's enough it just we just need to see some range not necessarily huge variety right. just like one comedic one dramatic um one you know something that's fully produced like if it is from a short film or another booking of some kind something that looks like a legit project versus these i just feel like it's almost like when you see a bunch of actors all use the same headshot photographer i'm like all of your guys headshots look exactly the same it's like this isn't showing me who you are it's showcasing the photographer's style versus who you are in these photos and your brand and all of that and i feel like um there's just a lot of sort of weird importance put on what a reel is and what headshots are or what they're supposed to be versus you know what the actor is supposed to serve you absolutely um, and i yeah. think speaking of headshots too a lot of people make including myself at some point made the mistake of hiring your friend to take your headshots yeah. right and i see a lot of people are not spending as much on quality headshots I think that's one thing I would say, you know, invest in and do your research on the photographers, like who, who they have shots. Do they, you know, your type, you know, your, your skin tone, how do they shoot that? Right. And it's really important to invest that money towards the headshots because that's the first thing casting sees. And I think I've seen a couple of my friends, like, you know, they are like, oh, okay, this is cheaper. So I might go this route. And, you know, I tell them, but it's at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's your career. And I've always said that I want to work with the best people in the industry. So why, why not start right now in the, from the foundation of my career? So right. yeah, that's one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes I see people doing is being very cheap with the headshots. Yeah getting the $150 package. It's like, you're going to get pictures that look like they cost $150 exactly. for, yeah. you know, mind you like $2,000 is also ridiculous. Like that is an outrageous amount of money. There is always like somewhere in the middle. Like I got amazing headshots. Um, I think for like 450 or 500 bucks and, and had yeah. a great variety. My agents like them, my managers, like, you know, I booked roles, not necessarily booked roles off of headshots, but I got auditions off of the headshots at least. Um, but you know, there's always that middle ground, but you know, there's the don't spend too much and don't spend that little because, right. you know, there is that sort of um, lack of quality. And again, some of the people who charge $2,000, all of their photos look the same. So like you said, with skin tone, it's like, do they know how to light someone of your skin tone that, or most of their clients right. of a fair skin tone and whatnot? Like we're two very, you and I are two very different skin tones. Like we would yeah. not be photographed the same way. <laughs> Definitely not. And um, yeah. with that, is is also once you take your headshots right your agents or manager might not like them so you might have to retake it so you also have to think yeah. about that as well it's does it work well enough that you can get get you know a rep team and then do you have enough saved to get another one if needed or yeah. addition to what you already have so 
you got to think about those things too. Yeah. And it's the same, the same with, um, with reels. I feel like certain, like those sort of real production companies, those are good for getting a rep, but it's like, yeah. you just spent how much money just to get a rep. And now for casting, they're like, oh, we need you to self-tape a monologue or self-tape something else because that's better for this. It's like, so this was sort of like a one-off or whatever. It's like, with again, with certain headshots, it's like, okay, they like your look. They don't have your type on their roster. So they'll take you on as a client, but then like, oh, but this doesn't work for procedural. This doesn't work for, for sitcoms. This, these aren't good commercial headshots. Like there's all this variety of, of types of headshots you need. If you, yeah. some, I feel like people who do theater, and I've said this so many times, so apologies for those listening who have heard it so many times, but, um, you know, I feel like folks who do only theater, not really do TV film or even commercial, their headshots are more of like a, here's a picture of me while TV and film actors is like, here are my types. Here's the range I can play based on how I look and, and whatnot. So it's like, you need that. And people who update their headshots constantly, I'm like, you look the same as last year. You haven't changed your look in any way. Why are you spending so much money on headshots? Um, sure. And again, unless your reps tell you like you need to update things, but most people that I see who get new headshots all the time, I'm just like, you didn't need these, but okay. All right. right. Fine. <laughs> and the crazy part is with, with my reps, when they first saw me, I probably had uh, my haircut close to a buzz cut or mm. even somewhere in the mid, right? Now that my hair is all grown, I still haven't gotten new headshots, but it still works. Right. And that, that's another thing you have to really look at. Do you really need new headshots or can you save that money towards something else more productive exactly. that could, and I always say, go back to taking more classes or new classes that, you know, so spend your money wisely. Yeah. And um, we both know uh, Wendy from, from TMFA and she says all the time, like, don't, you know, don't marry one teacher. She's like, do their course, train with them for a few months and then go try someone else. See what else works. Like you don't have to stick with the same teachers. And if teachers, you know, get upset that you stop studying with them, it's like, well, that doesn't sound like a very healthy sort of relationship with a teacher and a student. If they're, you know, you know, upset that like you, I don't know. If, I don't know why some teachers think that there's like loyalty built in. It's like, no, we're just trying a different thing. Like if, <laughs> you know, in, in college, in high school, different teachers teach different things. So if, if one of them self-tape technique and one is uh, scene work and one is Shakespeare, one is classical theater, one is contemporary, one's musical theater, like it makes sense to go to multiple teachers. Um, I feel like that's really important too, because I feel like, you know, a lot of young actors maybe just want to, it's like, I found a great teacher. I'm going to stay with them forever. It's like, well, you're not really, you might not improve and learn new techniques that way by sticking with just one person, you know? For sure. I agree with that. And I think in that process, you also learn that who fits best for you when right. you need that go-to audition, you need a coaching for that, or, you know, who you want to continue studying with for the long run. And it's just a matter of taking chances with different teacher learning, picking up different little things and adding to your craft overall. So, yeah. Um. So we are coming close to our time, but um, we just added a new segment to the end of our show called life's big questions. So they're just sort of rapid fire questions. Uh, we're going to throw your way. Uh, if you could have any superpower, which would you choose? I would say I've always said teleport. So Same. It can go anywhere, anytime. You can go anywhere in the world. You're never late to anything. And if you are, it's like, bro, you could teleport. Why are you late? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> right. uh, coffee or tea? I'm tea. Where do you get your news? 
Oh, man, I was a cell phone. It's always that, <laughs> you know, that first thing. Try not to look at it, but. Right. Google alerts. Just <laughs> Exactly. It's there. Uh, singing or dancing? I love both, actually. <laughs> I enjoy both. I can't, I can't pick one. It depends yeah. on the day, I guess. Uh, self-tape or in-person? Ooh, I would go with self-tape. Same. Uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, New York. <laughs> I agree. But, hey, no, no. I do like pineapple. I was going to argue here. Uh, let us know in the comments if you're angry about pineapple on pizza. Uh, <laughs> what movie never fails to make you laugh? Tropic Thunder. <laughs> strange, but no, it's a great <laughs> controversial, maybe, but it's still it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> In one word, what's your favorite part about acting? Life. Hmm. Um, I feel like I know the answer to this. What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Moving to Los Angeles. Hmm. <laughs> uh, what is a TV show or film you feel is underrated? Oh, there are so many low key. Um, not low key, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated, huh? Jeez. I don't know. Man, I'm I'm, I'm stuck on that one. You're good. Uh, what is your favorite theatrical performance you've seen live? Theatrical is live. I would say the Jersey Boys. It was oh, an awesome damn. Broadway, and you know that song. It just hits me every time I, I listen to it. Yeah. He's just too good to be true. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you rather do a hundred episodes of a popular sitcom or thirteen episodes of a gritty, critically acclaimed limited series? Thirteen. This is sort of like a money over art type of thing because learn sitcoms. You know they can be funny, but you know. Yeah. Um. If you could sit down for dinner with any actor, dead or alive, who would it be? I'd say Denzel Washington. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and let's build your ultimate dream role. So you have to choose TV, film, or theater. Film. What's the genre? I'm going with something gritty that has uh, humor in it too. Okay. Um, are you the hero or the villain? Oh, that's a great question. I love an anti-hero kind of a situation. Okay. Uh, who's your co-star? Hmm. I would say... God, this is such a great question, too. <laughs> if it's if somebody's playing a more seasoned actress, it would be Viola Davis. Mm. Or... If it's more on a romantic side, it'd probably be. Jeez, who's there's so many. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, who's, 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 who's my celebrity crush right now? <laughs> I know it used to be Angelina Jolie when I was younger, but mm -hmm. you know now it might be different. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, in ten words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Trust in your own journey, um, build your own foundation. And yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Well, Bivin, thank you so, so much for joining us on the show today, man. Such a pleasure talking with you. And I feel like we covered such a wide variety of topics. So really appreciate you sharing all your insight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And hopefully it helps somebody out there. Absolutely.
Totally. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Actors with Issues on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit our YouTube channel for full video interviews. Actors with Issues is executive produced and hosted by Juaniala. See you next time.